welcome to Heart Classic Pearls, a podcast for short stories. Previously on Heart Classic Pearls, we shared with you Eating Thoughts Part 1. For this week, we'll continue with Part 2 of Eating Thoughts. A story about a girl who loves food. The girl did not want her to go. Everything inside her begged to hold on to Mama. But no matter how hard she hugged, Mama had to go. When she asked when Mama would return, she had no answer for her little girl. She only said, I'll be home soon. And she got on a plane with her suitcase in hand. While Papa watched his other half go, he waved with a brave front, wishing her safe travels. And the next morning, the girl walked into the sunlit kitchen, wondering what warm dish would welcome her. She smelled the steaming, fluffy omelet before she saw it. She could see green and red paprika, Onions, melted cheese, and a light shower of pepper. Gingerly picking up her fork, the girl stabbed into the eggs and hungrily ate a bite, only to gag and cough, quickly pouring orange juice into a glass to wash down the sour and salty taste. She tasted sadness. It was not what she expected. She remembered this taste, this feeling, She had felt it before. It was the same empty, fleeting feeling when she woke up this morning without her mother's usual call to join her for breakfast. Like a missing puzzle piece. Papa's missing puzzle piece. She could see that his heart was missing his other half. This shocked her, as he had never made a dish that she hadn't eaten deliciously. She looked at Papa who was sitting beside her, and he had never looked so small before in her eyes like he did just then. His face, full of worry, full of worry wrinkles and crestfallen lines, eyebrows forming a mountain peak, eyes and mouth both colorless rainbows. When he finally spoke, she wished he hadn't, and wished this moment was only just, only just, a nightmare she could wake up from. Mama's in the hospital, he said. I sincerely hope you enjoyed part two of Eating Thoughts. A girl who can taste the emotions of a meal. In part two, she tasted her father's sadness or his wife's temporary absence. And most people eat with their nose, then their eyes, and then finally their taste buds. And sometimes, if the senses don't favor it, then it doesn't make it to the final round. Smell is level one. If the milk doesn't smell good, and has chunks like cheese plopping into your glass, then you wouldn't dare a sip. If your senses miss the sulfur egg smell and the chunky chunks of the milk, 
and you unknowingly take a swig of that spoiled milk, then you'll end up with a spewing war on the toilet. Our sense of smell and visual are two rudimentary levels before the taste test, the final round of whether the host says yay or nay. It's the nose that pulls people like invisible magnets towards the spicy tteokbokki in the market or sugary, crunchy churros in amusement parks. Now, I have a question for you. Do you have a dish, a favorite dish or meal that you gravitate to? What does your nose lead you to? What food passes levels one and two? Eating Thoughts is a short story from a series called What Love Makes Me Do. So I want to ask you, what does love make you do? For some parents, love makes them sacrifice. For dogs, love makes them loyal. Love has an effect on your brain and body. The latter is obvious, but in the brain, levels of oxytocin rise and increases your bonding with whoever or whatever, whether that be a person, place, or thing. Love can make a person mentally and physically healthier. It brings a peace with the mind and body. It's how people and animals connect and bond with one another. There are types of love. And I think about love as having branches. In You, a best-selling novel by Caroline Kepnes, Joe Goldberg is the main protagonist who falls fast and hard in love. His love is cloyingly desperate. I finished reading the first book and I was taken by how many differences there were to the plot and characters. It's a common saying that the book is always better. And in my opinion, the book and the show were vastly different. I recommend reading the books after the show because the show pales in comparison to the book. I've heard that the second book, Hidden Bodies, is not very gripping, but I'll read it nonetheless. I'm looking forward to the third book, which will be released in April this year. I believe season three has been filming and casting and will be released on Netflix this summer, supposedly. Joe, Joe Goldberg, has a passionate love. What burns twice as bright will burn as half as long. And his love is what makes him do things, drives him to hurt and burn for her. He is grotesque in the novel, and I can see that, but the show doesn't paint this character in such a way. The alternatives in the show drew a gray shade of Joe Goldberg that pales to the dark and mangled truth of the character I read about. It's truly troubling how some people find this character romantic. It's toxic. And if the show is PG-13, then the book is rated a bold capital R, all caps NSFW. Now, in Joe's words, 
Sometimes we do bad things for the people we love. It doesn't mean it's right. It means love is more important. All books add up to one essential truth, which is if your IQ is above a certain number, life is pretty much unbearable. I'd like to share a brief audio snippet of Joe explaining what he does in the name of love. Joe, I do support you. I know. Love you. I know, Joe. And look, look at what you've done to me. What I did. You dig into my past. You dissect my life. You paint me out to be this monster, this someone, someone who could hurt people, who could do terrible things. But who is the monster here, really? I hope you liked hearing Joe Goldberg explain to Beck about what he does for love. Today's RQ is As You Love Yourself, Life Loves You Back from Naval Ravikant. Thank you for listening to Heart Classic Pearls. Please check out our Instagram page at classic.pearls and our website linked in the description. We'll be back with more episodes in the following week. Tune in for more. This is your host, Classic Pearls, signing off.